Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to now uh, sort of set off on a new direction, uh, play football and create an environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club. Benton Through for Pedro Toro. And he smashed it in. Oh, that's a great stop from Vicario. And Kulosevsky rolls it in. Also freshly introduced and scoring! Now skipped! Bechaco Romero. He is flying in again and wins it. Great work from Romero. Could this be a chance for Solomon? That is quite something from James Madison. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs, your award-winning Tottenham Hotspur podcast. Thank you so much as always for tuning in. If you're listening to the show for the first time, where have you been? We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms. We're, of course, on X, we're on Instagram, we are on Facebook too, and we are back for our second show of the week. Now, I want to say a massive, massive thank you to all of you lovely, wonderful listeners and viewers that have got in touch with us and presented us with the amount of hours that you've spent listening to Last Word on Spurs over the past year. Guys, what can I say? Thank you so much for sharing all your hours with us. And I hope we've been good enough to provide you the therapy. We need the therapy. I hope it's been enjoyable when we've been able to enjoy it. And look, I think it's fair to say at the moment we're going through a tricky, tricky period under Ange. But I think there's no doubt we all know we've got the right man in place to battle through and fight for a period which, let's be honest, guys, it's just an unprecedented amount of injuries that Spurs are up against. And... You know, I've got to say, we're joined by a wonderful top panel here that are going to give you their thoughts on all things Tottenham Hotspur. And we're going to get straight into this one. So joining us, look, they need no introduction at all. I'm delighted to have back alongside us here. Mamma Mia's very own, Blue's very own. It's going to be Anthony Costas back in the house. And how are you, bud? I'm good. Nice to be on the show. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll have our little debate and I can't wait. Joining and back on the show. Delighted to have her here. Always positive vibes she brings to the party. Maybe nervous at the moment. We've got the great Christina Sanders in the house. Chris, how are you? Not really looking forward to this one. <laughs> Listen, first of all, you've said that all season. The kind of move we're back in here on Last One of Spurs for that reason. And finally, making up our panel. Delighted to have this man back on Last One on Spurs. One of the most positive people you'll ever find gracing us here. He is gracing the ice at the moment. He'll be dancing on the ice come January. We've got a lot of a Ricky J. Norwood in the house. Ricks, how are you? How is training? I am very well. I'm pleased to be back on, guys. I'm pleased to be back on. Oh, my gosh. Day by day, it's getting better. Um, so today, we were actually kind of breaking down and and learning our routine, our very first routine, which is really kind of scary at the same time. Um, so we're breaking that down, trying to get that together. But, you know, as as you kind of start to do one thing right, you end up doing four things wrong because you're concentrating on the new thing. So 
it's been a bit of a mishmash, but I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm confident. We've still got a couple of um, weeks to kind of nail this down. And I think as soon as I know what direction we're going in and what, 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 what way I'm then going in next, and plus, as Anthony told me from day one, like bending my knees, as long as I'm bending my knees properly, then I think we'll be all right. I, and um, it's a fun routine, it's a fun track. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's been amazing, man. Every single day has been amazing. Even the tough days have been amazing because the next day you get back up and you go again. And do you know what I mean? Like, it, yes, you're going to fall. Of course you're going to fall. But falling ain't that bad. It's all about how you get back up in life. No and more injuries. Do you know what I mean? No more injuries. We're going to keep it going. Um, but yeah, we're still having fun. And it's, and it's still a buzz every single day. Listen, when you went to me, as you know, I was thinking, God, don't ask me, as you know. I mean, this is the guy that fell off his chair after the Aston Villa defeat. I don't want to be sitting here trying to give any kind of dance and advice on this show. But I did have the pleasure of seeing him recently. If I can get to this bloody sentence, I had the wonderful pleasure of seeing Anthony bless him in Mamma Mia. Busy December for you going on. Yeah. That's how we can't afford any injuries because you two are out there performing. We are. Well, Ricky knows all about panto season. So it's uh, non-stop at the moment. It's like, 9.30 till 8 at night uh, every day. So it, we've got to put a whole show together in just under 10 days. So I open next week at the Beck Theatre in Hayes. Um, and yeah, just just work, 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 work. Right. Well, guys, I think it's fair to say it has been a difficult last few weeks as Spurs fans. Not because we're not enjoying the brand of football on offer. Just the fact that the results aren't falling for us in a matter in which Spurs are giving absolutely everything despite the circumstances that we find us in here so guys what I am going to do is try and reflect on the last week or so as Spurs fans and you know what Chris I'll come around to you to open up look been difficult Villa of course leapfrogging Spurs into the top four at the end of last weekend as goals from Paul Torres and Ollie Watkins earned the visitors a 2-1 comeback win after Giovanni Lo Celso opened the scoring for Spurs and as I mentioned in the intro look it's a depleted Spurs. It's a Spurs side without 10 players and the loss of Rodrigo Bentancourt to yet another injury. Three goals ruled off for offside in Hun Min Song's case. Twice hitting the post and forcing a string of saves from Emmy Martinez. Chris, how do you sum up that game against Aston Villa and where that now leaves us in Postacoglu's Tottenham project? I was actually very impressed with our performance at Villa. The thing is, we had our chances, but we didn't take it. With Villa, they had their chances and they took it. So that's the difference. As soon as you get your chances, you need to take them. It is, I can't stress how important it is. And it's just games like that that show you. Sonny was quite frustrating to watch, you know, all those offside as well. But there were so many others, like the Kuliseski one as well, hitting the post. It was, it, it honestly, it was, it was frustrating because I felt we should have been like three or four nil up in the first half. But all in all, I thought it was a damn good performance. Just the chances didn't we didn't take them. And that was what I thought was the issue. And now we've come to an even bigger issue with all of these injuries. And this is going to be really tough, really yeah. tough. And I really feel for Ange actually at this point because there's not even any backups now. I think we're going to have to maybe start dragging in our youngsters for the likes of Jamie. And I think we're going to have to get them involved now and Ant literally said it before thank god we're not having two games a week now because that would absolutely just destroyed us so I think it's going to be a very long and cold December for sure. <laughs> Ricks let me come over to you look as I mentioned you are one of the most positive Spurs fans that always come on last one on Spurs and give us your thoughts but Spurs dropping out of the top four 
for what I believe to be the first time since actually early August, I have to say, as Villa come from behind Unai Emery's side to inflict a third successive defeat on Tottenham. That's despite Spurs having 18 shots on goal, forcing Martinez into six smart saves, hitting the woodwork twice, and to not get away from the fact that Spurs really playing with a makeshift defence that was punished ultimately on the day. How do you reflect on that Villa defeat now, Rick, a few days later? It was a second string side. We had four fullbacks playing in the back four. We had a totally new midfield. Uh, Bentoncourt, Lacelso's first start in I don't know how long, and Kulu in the number eight stroke 10 position. You know, Brian Hill had his first start. Brennan Johnson in his preferred position and Sonny up top. Um, so the, the, the lineup itself was a was a brave one to begin with, and the I think the reasons that he done that, the reasons that Big Ange done those things was was to to play a better brand of football. If we look at these three defeats in a, in in kind of as, as a whole right now, as I was saying in my in, in my intro, you know the way that we was playing against Chelsea, we was on course for a good four 0 but we kicked ourselves up in the backside. You know, you know Romero got too hot head. Head, headed, uh, so did you, your doggy, and then we had our two injuries as well. And you know, even with nine men, we decided to go on the front foot, we decided to go for it. We decided to, even though it looks naive now when you look at the scoreline, we actually went on the front foot to go and, and challenge them. We didn't stop fighting, we didn't stop pushing, we didn't stop going for a win, and, and that's bravery. And then you hit the Wolves game, the Wolves game was more like a Conte team from last year. You know, it was contained, contained, contained. It was slow. It was passive. There was a lot of uh, backwards passing. You know, it was it was all of the things that we was complaining about last year. And then you look at the Villa game. Now, he, uh, Big Ad tried to rectify those things by taking out Dyer and taking out Hoiberg and, and starting. It's a brave decision to start Benton Kerr right now. He's just come back. Yes, he had 86 minutes, I think it was, for his country and international break. But, you know, he's still coming back. And to, ha to start a game uh, or, or to put him in a starting lineup against Villa in a Premier League clash, which is one that, you know, we all know it's the toughest league in the world, um, is a brave decision. And he done that. So to, to, to try and eradicate those things that happened against Wolves, the same thing of, of dropping at Dyer and playing Emerson Royal as a centre-back because he knows athletically, you know, his athleticism, the, the way that he can run up and down the pitch, the way that he can dribble and pass the ball, do you know what I mean? Short and stuff like that. He can, we can kind of get a flavour of what Ange Ball, Tottenham Ball, is and see that again and i think we've done that i think we was very unlucky i think some of those offside goals if the pass was just a fraction earlier you know it's a new team though Do you know what i mean this is what i'm trying to get us back to it's a new team so those timings in real real life uh real game situations are not there quite yet you know we was really unlucky we had a ton of chances you know, there's a, you know, like you said there, Kulazewski could have scored two. We had a ton of chances. And that's what's yep. encouraging to me is that this second string side against the Villa side that are pushing to, for the top four, that have come yep. as underdogs as well, has got a lot to fight for as well. Um, we made them look average for a very long time. You know, for a very long time, we made them look average. We actually dominated them. And they're pretty much their first string side for a very, very long time. But they were clinical. They had their system set. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom. The fact that I still see us fighting and trying to play the same way and go for a result against whoever we play, I think is an encouraging yeah. sign. And I don't think it's all doom and gloom. And I think there's what we're seeing at the moment across social media is there's two camps that fans are in. 
there's the one camp where we shouldn't compromise the brand of football and we should continue to play this way despite the unprecedented amount of injuries Spurs have right now. And then there is that other camp that ultimately feel Spurs could potentially be more pragmatic when you consider Spurs have been 1-0 up in the last three games and have failed to see each of those respective games out. And I think, look, trying to play a bit of devil's advocate here, there are some fans that I feel would like to see Spurs be able to be in a position where they can try and contain the opponent rather than the focus being on scoring the next goal. I'm not sure if Ad is going to do that. I think the one beauty that we've seen with Postacoglu so far is that he's still hell-bent on Spurs scoring more goals. My only concern for me is that at the moment, and I'm not too sure whether he's got the squad, the players, or the personnel to be able to play his brand of football for 90 and a bit minutes. So where are you at the moment, Ant, with regards to the style of football and how Spurs are trying to play under Ant? Because there's no doubt about it. Look, it's encouraging. I think the brand suggests Spurs are on track under Ange. We'll be just fine despite this bit that we find ourselves in now. But the question is whether we are going to maybe have to try and conserve that little bit of play, given the amount of injury Spurs are currently up against. Forget the way Conte played, right? Let's forget him for a second. But you go 1-0 up so early on in the game, right? And you're still going for it. Don't you think sometimes come 70, 75 minutes, 80 minutes, we're winning 1-0, for example, and we've had offside after offside, we've hit the post, we've done this, but we're still winning the game. Don't you think sometimes Ange can go, right, let, let's just contain it now. We've got 10 minutes left. Let's not make no mistakes. Let's get this win and get over the line. Because of, because of our injury crisis and the suspensions and et cetera, et cetera. That's my only worry sometimes. I think we're too... We're two out there pushing for the win. We've got all these injuries. You make 100% sense, but Ange Postacoglu wants to play a different way, bruv. He wants to change the things that we're used to. We're used to that. We've done that in the past and we've still lost the game at times. Do you know what I mean? In extra time or within the 90. So I totally get what you're saying, but to bleed and to press and to kind of drill in a second string Tottenham side and use the squad that we have to try and get them up to speed with an Ange ball way of playing, even though we know some of them are not suited to that way of playing, I think that's still an encouraging sign. Do I think myself as a fan at times, yes, let's contain it, let's hold on to what we've got. Yes, but we, we have to get out of that mentality as well because yeah. Ange is not going to change, bro. So we've got, to, we've got to push them on and we've got to kind of drag them over the lines, the 12th man sort of thing, in every game, home and away, to make sure that they've got enough energy to, to, to make this football be sustainable. It is tough, bro, because I'm this not is part of the bus. No, I totally get what you're saying. saying. That's professional. But for me, the way we started, we always played, we had 10 games unbeaten, and everything was hunky-dory, and I wouldn't miss. I love the geezer. I'm not, this isn't a criticism, it's just an ob no, observation. Yeah. I love the guy, before when I start having a pop at me. But you've got to sometimes realise that not every game we're going to win 3-1, 4-1, 5-1. I want sometimes yeah. to change it up a bit. If we're, if we're tuning up against City, for example, on, sun, on Sunday, right? You know, the footballing gods are, are with us. And then, it's, and then it's still attack, 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 and it's last minute, and then we lose 4-2. Are you, are you going to sit here and be happy with that? I'm not. Can I, can I say to you that? On that point, and I think for me, he's trying to find that balance that my concern is, I'm not sure if the players are capable to play 96, 97 minutes 
in the way Ange wants them to play right now. I don't want Park to bust football. But let me, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't want that. We've had that. Yep. And, I, and I'm fully on board, Ange Paul. I am. But the way we started was so good for 10 games. It was brilliant. Yep. And then we just dropped off a cliff because of the injuries. So sometimes you've got to change your system a little bit. To, to, you know, Hoiberg ain't an attacking player. He's no. going to hold the ball. He's going to knock it sideways all the time. I think that's where the Wolves game comes into play because they tried to play that way against Wolves and it was, it, it looked like it was back to last season and seasons uh, previous. You hate losing. Yes. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? of course, of course. You we know, all hate losing. We're going to lose games and I get it. We're going to lose games. I, I can accept that. But it's yep. sometimes like when you're 1-0, 2-0 up and then you lose 3-2, it's deflating. Takes you a week to go yeah. over it. I think what we That's have to remember to is take sometimes. Yeah. I think what we have to remember is again, we are what we're three months into a brand new project where the guy hasn't even got yet his own squad in place of how he'd want to play. I think it's evidently clear so far that you see the players that he's in favour of and the ones that he's not in. So I think it's hard to judge a brand of football until he's got his own players there. But I think what you've seen at the Villa game is, you know, we've seen a number of players that were on the periphery at Spurs that quite frankly, many of them would have been out the door and that they came in and matched the Villa side over, what, 96 minutes against a Villa side. Let's have it here. Villa are going to be up there with us fighting for the top four. And if Spurs had the 10 players that they're currently missing, I think yeah. Spurs would have beaten Aston Villa. I, I think, again, it's just trying to find that balance because what I have to say is that the concerning element will, it will be, Chris, that we've been you know, ahead in the last three games and we've lost them all. Now, whether we can pin that down on injuries and the fact of the matter is against the teams that we're playing... We've got to try and find that balance because, look, regardless of, you know, the way we're playing, you know, at some point we do want to see Spurs, of course, get back to winning, which is the most important thing. And, of course, you want to see a brand of football to go with that. But, you know, we've got to see out games, Chris. That's got to be a fundamental, regardless of, for me, the brand of football. Do you agree? I actually do see Ant's point completely. It is literally finding that balance. And especially with, you know, especially now with the injuries, I think it's like, oh, God, we've really got to kick into work with this. But it's... What has it been now, guys? Like, is it our, it's our fourth month now, isn't it, with Ange? Yeah. And yeah, so it's only, it's still early days. This yes. is the thing. It's very early oh, days so. still. And I think as well, like, I've got a hell of a lot of faith in him still. I've I've already seen people losing faith. And I, I, I'm, I don't understand that from, from my view, but I I, it's, it's insane. Like, the guy has come in. And he's already won, I know it's like, what, three um, manager of the ward months. We've, he's completely changed Tottenham completely. And we've been enjoying it. We've been seeing all of these, you know, big wins, whatever. It's been, it's been dramatic, very dramatic. But now with all of these injuries and the way that we've been losing, it's made it even worse, those losses. I, I, I will stress again, people. I love Ange Ball. I love Ange. I love him. What he's doing to the club, I think it's brilliant. But sometimes when you haven't got the brilliant first 11 that we had for the first 10 games, yeah, yep. man, these some of these players you can't trust. They let you down. We've let, they've let us down before. So yeah. you just change a little bit, you know? That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Like, sometimes yeah. you've got to just shut shot last 10, 15 minutes. That's all I'm saying. I feel like we haven't actually got any other choice. We've got no backup now. January is going to be bloody important. This just shows how much we need to invest in this team now if we 100%. are damn serious it, it's, it's ridiculous and it's such a sh it is such a shame with how we started off so brilliantly that it's come to this 
It's such it's a un- shame. It's, it's unthinkable. I mean, how can any club try and plan or try and legislate for 10 injuries to players around the first team? Nobody can you legislate know, for that. It's impossible. The guy came within a couple of weeks. He lost our best ever player. Yep. He's still, yep. And what he's doing or what he's done for the first 10 games and, and still now you can see what he's trying to do. Yep. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I have to say, I do have to say, I don't understand why, you know, many are out there saying, you know, you kind of it both ways. You've got to settle for, you know, even an attacking brand of football or a defensive brand of football. For me, the best managers are able to not only marry the two, but also have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D, but still probably look to stick to plan A. So I don't know why there's got to be this certain narrative that it has to be all out attack or it has to be all out defence. I don't know why you can't find the balance. Rick, I want to bring this question into you to get this answer from you on this one. Alex says, is this the first time we don't care how many losses we get as we understand the situation with injuries, suspensions, and more importantly, that we're in a transitional season with low expectations? Ricks, give me your thoughts on that question for you. I'm kind of with him. I kind of agree there, you know. Um... I think that, you know, we are on this show and on every show that we've done and whenever we speak football in the pub or in the cafe or at work or at home, we'll criticise ourselves and we'll give ourselves praise, but we don't don't just go crazy, do you know what I mean, and put out outlandish stuff. Sometimes I do, but you know what I mean. And I think taking into consideration the suspensions, the injuries... And it's a big, big injury list. You take you take 10, 11 first teamers out of any team and you'll see them struggle. Um, but this is what I'm saying. It's like, Andrew's let us know many a time that this ain't going to change. I mean, his uh, press conference after Chelsea, he was like, if I had five men, I'd still play the same way. And this is where we've kind of got to get to. What I think he's doing is he's trying to up the level of those that we know can't really play his football. I agree there should be some type of balance, but I think his balance, instead of going, let's hold on, to, let's drop back into like a, you know, a kind of a solid back five or something like that to kind of contain the game, he would want to keep the ball moving and keep passing the ball and, and kind of hold on to it possession wise rather than just let it go or rather give the ball to the and give them an opportunity for either an attack or you know, at goal. So he's not going to change. He's not going to change. And I think that you, you see it. You, you see when, you know, the, that Fulham game, the Cup game, Carabao Cup game, and that Wolves game. Both times he's kind of, he, even if it means sacrificing play, experienced players, he will do that for the style of play and for the way that he wants everybody to play at Tottenham right now. And I just think that we've got a kind of, I, look, I agree with you. I agree with you, you know, especially in this scenario, we should be able to hold onto the ball or see out games or be professional in that sense of the way, but it's just not going to be that way. I just don't think it's going to be that way. It's not going to change. So I think we've got, we've, as we loved all of the attacking and as we loved the 10 games unbeaten, we've got a kind of love Ange and the boys exactly the same way in this bump in the road. We always knew that this bump in the road was coming. And yep. it's happened all at the same time because we're Tottenham Hotspur, because that's the only way it ever happens. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't just rain, it bloody well tsunamis and there's thunderstorms and, and the, there's, there's earthquakes left, right and centre. Do you know what I mean? Like it happens all at the same time. And so it's happened all at the same time. So we need to galvanise as a, as a fan base and around yep. that team because whoever's going out there, they're wearing the shirt. And they're trying to do their best and and trying to do what the manager's asking them to do. Absolutely. But he's running out of players, isn't he? 
Yeah. Yep. You know these games that we've lost? I can't remember now. I'm such a work mate. <laughs> we was one nil up against Villa. Yep. Yeah, mate. One nil up against one nil up against, against Wolves. I was one against Chelsea. Chelsea. And so we're the, we're the first time we're the first team since Leicester to have lost three in a row by you know by going to go up. I mean, Ant, you said to me six seven years ago when I met you, bless you, you went to me, Rick. This club's a curse, and I went, Ant, what are you talking about? <laughs> and it, I mean, at times it does feel cursed. I mean, we all said going into the start of the season, Spurs were were relying on keeping Madison, Van der Ven, Romero, Adogi, Vicario fit until January, until January. And I think the reality is that you know when you take out. You know, four or five players out of a squad, but lose ten players. Right. Ten right. players. You know, it's impossible to fathom that situation that Spurs are in at the moment. And again, look, I think because I want to come on to the injuries in a second. I think the final thing I want to say on Andy's start of play is that no one here is suggesting that we're asking no. him to completely change his style of football. But I think what we have to be, you know, clear on, and I think just from my perspective here as an opinion, is that when we've been one up in the last three games, you know there is a certain element to it that you have to try and see these games out. I 100% take into the fact that we've got 10 players out. I 100% take into the case that, you know, the players that we have out are genuine, a number of them, first-team players. But Spurs are going to have to find a way to see out this period until the start of January because ultimately we don't want it to ruin the amazing start we've had to the season and the feel-good factor around the football club. You know, again, I think, you know, we've had this feel-good factor because it's been created by one man. And Postacoglu, as Ant said at the start of the show, he lost Harry Kane. You know, think about all the managers that could have lost him on the eve before the season started. He managed to get over that, get Spurs to, what, 10 games unbeaten in the midst of what was a real battle towards the top of the league. Spurs are still right there. Spurs are still banged there. Whether they can stay there is another question. But you have to look at the fact that so far, it has been a tremendous start from Ange under really, really difficult circumstances. But I don't buy the fact that it's totally, you know, unfathomable that a manager in certain elements of the game can't be a little bit more pragmatic. I don't believe that. That's not me saying that I disagree with Andy's style. That's not me asking Ange to massively compromise. I think we all recognise that we're at the start of a project here. And I think ultimately, in general, for me, it's very hard to judge a man that has not yet got his own squad, his own players. I mean, this guy has still got players there that have been here since the Pochettino reign. Right, so we're going back three, since four ABB, managers. Mate, since AVB, <laughs> Hugo Lloris. There's, there's no Christian Grosses in there, is there? <laughs> Maybe. Listen, I think that it's a debate that could roll on, but because of time, what we are going to do, we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners on audio. Hi, everyone. Crackers here with your Legends Events update at Mr. Cracknell across the socials for more information on the following. Friday, the 17th of November. Paul Stewart and Paul Walsh are at Worcester County Cricket Club. Saturday the 25th of November, Steve Perriman is at the Bonington Hotel in Dublin. Emerald Spurs events on Facebook for your tickets there. Through to December and on Wednesday the 13th, the Hotspur Curry Club have the one and only Naeem in central London near Liverpool Street. Close Encounter dot events on the net for more information there. And finally, on Thursday, the 14th of December, Harry Redknapp is at Dartford FC. There you go. There's your update. Come on, you Spurs. We have briefly touched upon Spurs' injury crisis at the moment, but just to bring everybody up to date on where we stand at the moment 
in relation to injuries. We had the sad news earlier in the week that Rodrigo Bentancourt will face a minimum of two and a half months on the sidelines after tearing his ankle ligaments. Now, Bentancourt, of course, started his first match since February in Sunday's clash against Aston Villa after overcoming that anterior cruciate ligament injury, but was forced off just after 32 minutes following that horrendous challenge by Matty Cash. It is now expected, as I mentioned, to keep Bentancourt out of the side until mid-February. And it also adds to a midfield shortage come January that will also see Yves Basuma, Pat Matassar depart when they are both on international duty in the African Cup of Nations. That's not to also mention that Hummin Son will also be away in January with South Korea. So Spurs really, really up against it at the moment when it comes to a number of players that they're currently having out and they will also be missing in January. Now, Bentoncourt adds to a growing list of injuries at the club at the moment, with summer signings James Madison and Mickey van der Ven not expected to return to action until the start of the calendar year. On top of that, Ryan Sessegnon, Mana Solomon are also not anticipated to be available for selection for some time. While we understand here at last one on Spurs, Ivan Peretic is facing an even longer absence after tearing his own respective ACL and he is not expected to play for Tottenham again this season. Richarlison, he's also currently unavailable, but the Brazilian is expected to be returning around the Christmas period. And Pat Matassar, it's an interesting one at the moment. We are hearing that he's being monitored, and in the same breath we're hearing from friend of the show, Paul O'Keefe, that he has been advised Saar has acquired a problem with his hamstring during this most recent international break. As things stand, the extent and seriousness of that potential injury is yet to be known at this stage. We will await more information on that from, of course, and Postacoglu. Christian Romero, he will serve the third and final game of his free match suspension against Manchester City, and he will be back available to face West Ham United. Cough. So much there to get into, Ricks. Got to get your reaction firstly on the Benton core news and how damaging that is to lose him now until mid-February at the earliest. Such a long injury, Al. He, he worked his way back in. He was super excited. We heard all of those reports of him knocking on Big Ange's door and kind of asking to be involved in the first team sessions earlier than expected. You know, he's come back. We've worked him in, bled him in, given him a, 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 like little cameos here and there. He goes off to international duty. He plays 86 minutes. Fantastic. He's looking good. Played well. And then <clears throat> comes in you know, to this injury-ravaged side right now. And, you know, for those first, what was it, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I think it was, um, he looked fantastic. He looked like, it was so good to see him back in there, first and foremost, in the shirt. But he looked fantastic. The dribbling, the close control, he wasn't afraid of anything. He was driving forward. You know, um, I thought he'd done so well. And it was just kind of her First and foremost, yeah, it was a horrendous challenge. To, to me, I mean, maybe I'm biased, I don't know, but to me it was a straight red because it, it, I, I don't think he was going for any ball. I thought he was going with the intent to hurt, do you know what I mean, or to foul. And I think, you know, that, that to me, but maybe I'm biased. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's so damaging, mate. It's so damaging because he was basically going to be the, the plan B. You know, hopefully we were looking forward to kind of getting him back up to fitness so that when it did come to January and AFCON and 
um, Sonny goes off as well, that at least ben, Benteke would be back in there and we could kind of build from that. But it's so tough. It is so tough to take for him as well, um, but as well as the side and, and just all our kind of excitement to see him back. It's just, it's so sad. But I know he's going to battle back stronger. I know he's going to fight and, you know, and he's going to come back and have a have the impact that we all want him to have on this side. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, now bringing you in, I mean, look, we've had our chats about the injury crisis Spurs have been facing. Yeah. But I mean, have you ever known this, Anne? I mean, it's just, it feels like unprecedented. When you know, when you see the list of injuries Tottenham got there, 10, 10 so first bad. team players out injured. And Benson called the latest now to be back in the injury room. I mean, it's so disappointing for him because I think when you look at the way he was playing under Ange in that first half an hour against Villa, it was the Benson call that we saw, that we signed yeah, yeah. at the time. And just devastated answers now for another prolonged period, right? It's gutting, mate. Absolutely gutting. Just coming on to what Rick was saying. Controlling the game. No fear. Doing what he does best. I, I love the geezer. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, and, you know, that, that injury happens. Um, should should, it, should Matty Cash got a red? Absolutely. But obviously never. And they went on to win the game. And, and that's a bit of pill to swallow, you know? Um, and I think had he, had he had stayed on the pitch, different game. Different game. Because the, the game was one that repealed. But, yep. you know, coming on to what you're saying, once Pesuma goes off and Saar and Sonny, again, we're, we're back to bare bones FC. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's scary. It's worrying. Um, and I hope that Levy and the board have got, you know, going to back back uh, Big Ange come January because we, yeah. we're going to need it. We're going to need it, absolutely. Well, when you look at paper things, Chris, the squad is right now, and this is the worry, I mean, you said it in your intro as well, that if there's a time, Chris, there needs to be investment in the squad, it is now. I mean, is there anything you can say, Chris, sorry, how, how do you legislate for the amount of injuries Spurs have got today in such key areas? And again, better core, as I've said here, you know, for me, and as Ant has picked up there, running the show against Aston Villa, I think, you know, you saw the way him and Lacelso struck up an instant partnership there and one that I think all of us were generally really excited about because we know, obviously, we've got no Madison now to January. And I think a lot of us would have felt, you know what, providing we can keep Bentacore fit and Julian Lacelso fit, we've got a fairly decent midfield couple there. And you add Saar into that, as long as this injury is too bad again, we're kept in the wait to know how bad that injury is. Just how damaging is that now to lose him for a period? And I have to ask you, Chris, you know, the fact that Matty Cash remains on the field, Villa sub him off. I mean, it's just, it adds insult to injury, doesn't it, Chris? I mean, how can you legislate for that? It's just, it's really upsetting, actually. And uh, like, even when we first saw him, I think it was the Crystal Palace game when he came on. It felt like they were giving me a blanket. It was comforting to see this player who I think is absolutely incredible. He, you know, has so much going on with us in the pitch and Literally, we just got him back and now he's off. It's just, to me, I completely agree with Ricky and Anne. I, I thought the injury, it was done purposely. It it felt like it was done, you know, to hurt him. And Ramiro, it's down to you now. Like, you do whatever you want to do, basically, with that. <laughs> but it is just, it. it's really, uh, it's just, that list is absolutely atrocious. I'm waiting for Chirpy to be on that list now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's absolutely insane. And I don't even know, like, I, I actually, to be fair, I did say, actually, having Kulu as well at number 10, by the way, I thought that was great. I, I, yeah, I, I, I like that. I did really like that. And yep. this is why I do have 
just that sort of like a little bit of faith. The fact that Andrew's taken this all in and he has done something about it. This is why I feel it is positive still. I know I'm be, I'm being negative, like, because I feel, you know, the injuries, like, of course, I'm going to be negative about it. But with Ange himself, I don't feel negative at all. I just feel he knows exactly where those parts are that is going wrong. Yep. And he is trying to sort it out. Oh, yes. The fact that he is doing something about it and the fact that this manager has come in, he's not even been in the Premier League, he's taken into consideration with all of these players, how they're feeling, how do they play and everything, you know, weaknesses and strengths, and he's doing something about it. And that's I why I still have faith in him. Yeah, like, I, I, feel, I feel sorry for the geezer, Christina, you know? Yeah. Look, losing our best player, having 10, 11 injuries, Three of them, three get suspended, red cards, and you're thinking, oh my word, can any, and, but, you know, a, again, I, I stress myself, I love the geezer, and he's very, he makes you feel a little bit positive, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but, you, you think, it's so know, hard. It's right so now. hard, because you're <laughs> like, we've got City, and, well, can I, yeah, I mean, can, can I just say on this point, on the fixtures coming up, guys, I mean, when you look at those fixtures coming up for Tottenham, I mean, this is why even Chris said that she's the most optimistic Spurs fan there is. <laughs> but she, she did say we're gonna, we might be in for a tricky December. I mean, bear in mind, we've just come off the back of no points in November. We need to have some form of a good December. I mean, look, I think the reality is we know that City coming up, coming up for us at the weekend. We know that it's a bit of a bogey team for City, obviously being Tottenham, but it's going to be tough. I mean, I think it's fair it to say tough. City haven't really hit their full extent to what they're capable of yet, but, you know, games are there to be won. I think West Ham presents a good opportunity because you've got Romero back in the side for Spurs, but David Moyes' men at the moment are unbeaten their past three. They've shown the road, West Ham, to some degree, a real new resistance under David Moyes in the last, I'd say, last 12 months. They can get results. They come from behind late only the previous week to get a result as we saw up at Sheffield United. I go again, Sheffield United, can you really count them as a really firm opponent? But, you know, again, you have to take them into consideration. Newcastle at home. Again, Newcastle situation is interesting because it's going to go down to that final day for the Champions League spot as to whether they will qualify and obviously go through to the next round or whether they go into the Europa League. So that's a proper top four battle there at home. Fingers crossed Spurs will have Romero back. As I've mentioned, he's available for West Ham. And fingers crossed, you know, Fingers crossed they've got a dogie there playing and they'll have some form of a midfield there. Forest away, never an easy place to go, of course. That's later in the month on the 15th. And, you know, the City ground on a Friday night will be absolutely rocking. You look at Everton, of course, to come on the 23rd. It's an Everton side that are feeling really aggrieved with, of course, that points deduction. So, look, let's not dress it up. It's going to be a tough December. But there are games there for Spurs that are winnable. But what we can't have... We can't have any more injuries now, Ant, can we? We've got a, and that sounds crazy. We've got ten. We've got ten at the moment. We, we can't afford any other injuries, can we? Right. No. <laughs> no. Just I'm trying, I'm trying to find a positive. Can we just have, can they, can't, the, can't there be no Premier League football for the whole of December just to chill and then come back in January? They, took, they took the wrong year for the World Cup. Went to break. Didn't they? they should have been last year. <laughs> no. It's a nightmare. Difficult, isn't it? We're so cursed. Um, you can't make it up. You it's can't a tough make year. it up, mate. You know, if I'd, if I'd have written it as a film, Ricky starring in it, no one would have believed it. Do you know what I mean? So, um, the year yeah. you boys are packed busy, there's got to be a whole be, there's got to be a whole be casualty special going on here, isn't it for this? What's going on here? I think it's like literally dig deep Tottenham, just get Jesus. over them lines, just get on with it. And that needs to come with an 18 plus certificate, did it, on the back of what we're seeing here? <laughs> 
but but you, but you know what? These these moments make you. They make you Absolutely. as a player. When, yep. when you're going through tough times, how many times have we been in a bad period of time and gone to play Man City and in yep. our heart of hearts go, you know what? They're going to pepper us. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And somehow, some way, some form, yeah. we, we end we end up winning, right? And and yep. but right now, what I'm seeing is fight. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And going through going through bumpy times makes you. It makes you. He will. Andrew will know more about this squad going through a, a bad period of time than going through the good times. We yep. know what that first eleven can do. We know what that first eleven can do if they were still playing right now and if they were fit and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. If that collapse didn't happen at, at Chelsea, where would we be right now? Oh. You know, we, we're going to have Basuma coming back. You know, for for these games in December. What if Kulu strikes, you know, and just just sets sets the the the, the world alight, playing in a number eight, number ten position? Do you know what I mean? And so there's so it's it's not lost because the one thing that I know is that from our manager is that we never stop, and we're gonna fight for everything. So in football, you just never know, boys. You just never know. Do you know what I mean? Just take yeah. and and ladies, we just take it one one game at a time. Just keep taking it one game at a time, and hopefully everybody that started comes off without a stretcher. And we can carry on to the next game, and we can just go one game at a time. Is it time to stop stop playing the youngsters? <laughs> well, there, there, apparently, there's a number of injuries there as well. I think Mikey Moore's out there for a period. Yeah. Of course, we lost Ashley Phillips as well to injury for a month. I mean, you can't make this out. I mean, obviously, there's questions. Yeah, we are, are we running out of stretches at the football club? You know, we've got the we've got the lodge there. I mean, we won't have enough spaces to fill the players. I mean, Chelsea could play large having too many. We've not got enough. You can't make this up. You really can't make it up. It is a concern. We have to try. And we need to go in the stadium. Yes, get those olive leaves. Never stop. Honestly. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> we need to get, get the olive leaves, man. We've got to do it. No, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure it was great. Was it great to have a manager with a manager who says, we never stop. We've had all these injuries and we are being stopped. <laughs> can't make it up. You just can't make this up. Final question I want to ask you um, before we look ahead to Man City, which of course will be really fun on the back of this, right? Everyone's excited to hear the predictions for Man City. I've, I've, I've got an intercom and said, if Ricky Norwood dare predicts a 4-0... <laughs> <laughs> Right. There has been some responses this week from the FA that they are going to be, and FIFA, of course, they're going to be trialling a number of different things that I just want to get yays and nos on from you guys. VAR apparently's powers may be expanded to look at free kicks, corners, and second yellow cards. Interesting, oh this, comes, off, this okay. comes off the back of, obviously, of course, how Brian Hill, bless him, he may have been missed because of his height, but how he never got a penalty, you know, in that game against Villa. I just, what did the guy have to do? Did he have to actually be polaxed? Did you understand that? Brian Hill did not get a penalty. It's just bizarre. Oh, so they're trialing this new VAR for Spurs City. No, 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 oh. no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> City fans getting really excited by it now. Guessing on the VAR, the VAR you situation. Know what's going on now. You know what was no. coming. So it's it's apparently it's it's in the early developments. But I mean, how do we feel? Just very yes or no on this, guys. I mean, we'll go to you first, Chris. How do you feel about VAR having more control and their expansion to free kicks, corners? And second yellow cards. How do you feel about that? I mean, the more VAR, the less enjoyable it's going to be to me. I, it's just, it's just too too many rules. I don't like it. It's not cool. It's literally killing football. It and is. it's come, you know, it's even come to the point where if we do score a goal, oh, do we actually we, celebrate? No, oh, we, we had Son away. score a hat trick on the weekend. <laughs> and we couldn't even celebrate one of them. I mean, now, now we're well, looking at even more power. But that's just how it is now. That to me isn't football anymore. It's just. 
it's such a killjoy and yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know like is it really going to be worth it all of this hassle I mean there's going to be more you know mistakes as well with all of this as well where you know they're going to have to release the footage again and stuff like that I just think is there really is it really necessary for football I don't know mm. I, I to me it, it's just killing football it really yeah. is it is I was at a Chelsea game and it was the, 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 problem, the problem is when you're there you haven't got a clue what's going on and that, I think that's oh, the problem yeah. being being in the stadium there's going to have to be more of an emphasis on the fans that are there to try and keep them updated. I know it sounds mad me saying that, but honestly, when you're at the stadium, you generally do not have a clue. You're literally on. You're literally there scrolling through X or scrolling through whatever you're scrolling through to try yeah. and find out what is going on. The mad thing is, how can you be in a situation where you're at the game, but yet the people watching it know more than you actually being there? I just find that absolutely yeah. Yeah. mental. Um, yeah. Rick, you looked so deflated with me reading the fact that VAR might even have more power. I mean... Yes or no, Rick, where do you stand on the fact VAR might get more power when it comes to free kicks, corners, second yellow cards? Yeah, yeah no, to me, I, I think the more power they have, the worse it's going to get. I mean, would you want a sanitised game? I mean, Pochettino said this when it was first introduced. He didn't want it because he knew it was just going to go, yep. you know, just very black and white without any grey in between. Um, I mean, look, they can't even figure out what a handball is right now. You know, look <laughs> at the last couple of games, right? So you're going to tell me they're going to figure out what the second yellow card is and the free kick is. Like, just stay out of it. Where has the responsibility and the power of the referee gone? Where has his opinion gone? He's not. What is the point in him being there? He, 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 you might as well just leave a speaker on the side of the pitch and then you do an automatic whistle. Everybody stops. You listen to the speaker. It can be Siri or, or, or Alexa. And they can do and be like, you're offside. And then you can crack on because what's the point anymore? Do yeah. you know what I mean? So there's a, refer there's a referee for a reason. There's great, yeah. there's great uh, areas for a reason. And exactly what Christina said there, you're missing the energy. You're missing the momentum. You're missing yeah. all the good things and the bad things and the things that incense you and the things that go against us. And as Tottenham fans, we know how many things have gone against us, you know, when it comes down to decisions. So VAR has helped us, you know, it has helped us get what we, we had deserved in games gone past. But the, the more sanitised it is, the worse it's going to get. And we're yeah. going to have 25 minutes extra time at the end of the first half and 45 minutes of extra time at the end of the second half, just because they're figuring out what's a free kick. So for me, it's a no. But on what Ricky and Christina said, just I think one of the comments was, and I agree with, just use goal line technology and done. Yeah. Okay. Because that Chelsea game, I said to you when I went, yeah. I was up, down, I'm all that. Should we celebrate? People are going, oh, as you said on that phone, no, my mate just said, uh, it's a handball, mate. And you're like, oh. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, I might as well sit at home. I might as well sit you at home. You might as well save money <laughs> sitting at home exactly. watching it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, like what, what, what the, uh, the panel okay. said. And then final one through the rounds, we're looking to see Sin Bins, guys. Again, another thing that's going to be trialled by potentially coming up to a position where it could be looked at by the Premier League. Sin Bins, are we in favour of those? And yes or no? Not for me. Not Chris? For me. No. Got yes or no on that? It's no, a no for me. Okay. Yeah, not for me. So just so everybody knows out there, if they're all winning last one on Spurs, it's a no to extra VAR conditions and no to Sin Bins. Right. There you go. That's the, that's the gripping analysis that we are here for, of course, bringing you what we are going to do. We are going to go for our final break of the show for our listeners and audio. Take you into that break. You're going to hear from the wonderful Sam Lee from the Athletic Manchester City's correspondent as we look ahead to Manchester City behind the sofa. 
Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train, and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. One of the most interesting things about City this season is the fact that they've obviously had a lot of injuries to key players, but they've generally been injuries to the same type of player. They've been the players that help them keep the game under control, you know, short passes. They don't take too many risks, um, very astute defensively. Uh, even players like Jack Grealish, um, John Stones going into midfield, those kind of guys. Kovacic as well, even though he's new. And obviously, coupled with the fact that Ilkay Gundogan left and Mares left, that means that City have been trying to play the same kind of control in brand of football that Guardiola just craves, needs, always has done but with players who are more suited to attacking and, and and flying forward. So I think we saw that in the Liverpool game last week. So beyond Rodri, they had Bernardo Silva, and thank God they did, because he kind of tied it all together. They had Doku, um, Foden, Alvarez and Haaland, who are obviously great players, and there's nothing wrong with them as players, but that balance in terms of the control versus being a bit more direct hasn't quite been there. But the interesting thing is, as much as Guardiola wants that control, and he really tried to get it when they didn't have Rodri when they went to Arsenal and basically just picked everyone and in the middle of the pitch to slow the game down and, and clog it up as much as possible. There have been times when he's had a choice between Grealish and Doku, who kind of symbolise that battle between control and slowing the game down and just speeding it up and creating electricity. Chelsea, for example, he picked Doku over Grealish even when Grealish was fit. And now... Last weekend against Liverpool, he picked Doku, but Grealish wasn't fit. And it's hard to work out who's going to start and what kind of approach they want to go. Now, Grealish started against Leipzig on Tuesday night in a very kind of control-oriented lineup, um, But they just weren't playing very well, regardless of the approach or the style. They just weren't playing very well. And then Grealish went off, Doku came on and helped change the game immediately. So maybe Doku gets the nod there for Spurs and then... It, it then it becomes that kind of game that you don't want it to become against Spurs. Obviously, Kane's not there anymore, but you listening will have remembered all the games between um, City and Spurs, the good ones for you guys, the bad ones, whatever. But particularly that one of the Etihad a couple of seasons ago when Kane was um, kind of linking up down the middle and allowing Son to get in behind in much the same way as Leipzig did the other night. I think Guardiola will be desperate for that not to happen. Um desperate to try and play through the lines when the spaces are there but to try and keep the game under control as far as possible but Grealish isn't playing well and Doku is and that kind of leans into the fact that maybe you just go with Doku because he's such a threat um, but other than that where do you go from there when you don't have many other options on the pitch other than Bernardo who's going to help you slow it down and get control um, so in terms of the tactics I mean we can we can talk about where the players stand on the pitch and we can talk about who's going to do it but it's it's just that kind of that balance they're trying to find. Um, I mean, the names do pretty much pick themselves because I know everyone thinks City have got the biggest squad in the world, but they haven't. They've got an expensive squad. They've got an amazing squad, but it's not big. And with the injuries at the moment, the team pretty much picks itself. So, 
go with Edison back in goal after not playing in the week in the Champions League. It'll be Carl Walker right back. I'd be amazed if it wasn't. And it's quite interesting, actually, because Diaz was taken off at half-time and Guardiola's not especially happy with him at the moment. But do you want to risk not playing Diaz? If he doesn't, it'll be a Kanji and Ake at centre-back, I'd have thought. If Stones is not back, then Stones might be back. Um, probably a Kanji and Ake at the back and then Guardiola at left-back. If Diaz plays, it'll be Diaz and Akanji. And then the the other one, as well as Grealish and, and Doku, that's been difficult to nail down all season, has been Guardiola or Ake. And it just kind of depends what they want from the game. But Ake's so good defensively at, at locking down wingers. He gives you that bit extra there. But Guardiola gives you a bit more extra attacking-wise. So it's a nice problem to have, but not for a manager. But for us, it keeps us guessing. So yeah, there's, there is a bit of a, a doubt in the defence, actually. Not so much because of injuries, but because of the... Diaz and yeah, Stones coming back. They need Stones back, that's for sure. But whether he's fit enough or not, I'm not sure about that. Guardiola said he might be able to play some minutes against Leipzig, but he didn't. Um, in midfield, it'd be Rodri. He was awful the other night, but um, not normally like that, but that's one to keep an eye on. Bernardo, I would imagine, will be in the middle just to try and get a hold on things. Um, I think if Guardiola had his way, he'd be back on the right wing just to allow somebody else. So unless he plays Rico Lewis in midfield, which he might do, I'd imagine it will be Bernardo and Alvarez in midfield, Foden on the right wing, Haaland up front in the middle, obviously, and then pff, Grealish or Doku. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We've not been able to get a handle on it all season. Um, Grealish didn't start the season well. He had some injuries. Guardiola said he needs him back. He was great at Old Trafford. That was City's best performance of the season. And then he was back out of the team again at Chelsea. And then he's been injured. And then he was in again in the week. And... Didn't play particularly well, and Doc, who came on and turned the game. So, a difficult one to predict, um, and I know I've rambled on a bit, but I think as a result of them being a bit more direct in nature, there's a few more spaces between the lines. You know, City still aren't giving up a lot defensively. They've got one, well, they've got the third best defensive record in terms of goals scored. They don't concede many shots, and no team has conceded fewer shots on target than City in the whole league. But there's a bit more space between the lines, and I know Spurs are depleted as well, but. With Postacoglu's style, he might he might be adventurous there and try and expose City on the transition. So look, that was that is what I would be keeping my eye out for from a Spurs perspective because yeah, City is City is still very strong, but they're not quite as strong as the end of last season yet. And if there is an opportunity, it's probably around now. Hello, this is Russ Williams from the Last Word on Spurs. And I just wanted to tell you about my brand new book, Sad But True. 100 sad but true stories from around the world. Like Chinese marathon runner, 50-year-old Uncle Chen, who competed in a local marathon race and chain-smoked cigarettes the entire way round. He finished the race in a very respectable 3 hours and 28 minutes. And from South Wales, the story of Leon Gleed, who burned his bum when he used Tesco toilet cleaning wipes instead of normal toilet paper. No permanent damage was done. Sad but true. Don't go to the loo without it. Out now on Amazon Kindle. Drawn by the wonderful Christina Zandes, the Mamma Mia's very own and Blue's very own Anthony Costa. And he's a man who'll be dancing on the ice very, very soon. He's dancing now. He's skating on it as well. I tell you, it's Ricky J. Norwood in the house. Right, guys, Man City to come. <laughs> I don't know if there's ever a good time for this fixture. I don't know if there ever is a good time for Man City away. Look, I mean, our record tells you that 
what we're going to fear about. But look, we have to put it into context. Spurs going to City with 10 players out of their current squad. A number of them will be first-teamers. Benson Kerr, of course, out as well. Uh, we play City on the back of, for them, a 1-1 draw against Liverpool. Now, look, let's be honest about it. City aren't the City of what they were at the back end of last season. But quite frankly, I think with City, they don't ever really start going until, I would say, January, February. I think this is the kind of City no, that we normally see. Point. Yeah. This, this is Costa's yeah. <laughs> Costa's gone. Costa's gone. Uh, but listen, again, I think for them, they have been missing the creativity of Kevin De Bruyne. But they've had the goals of, obviously, Erling Haaland to help them out. They've had 29 points from the opening 13 matches. But again, you look at their recent three performances, a 4-4 draw with Chelsea, a draw with Liverpool. They defeated RB Leipzig by three goals to two. At the start with you, look, I mean, we know this game is tough, tricky. That's before you take into account Spurs' injuries. Do you give us any hope whatsoever of getting anything up at the Etihad? (laughs) Um, I mean, Ricky, how how do you feel about it? You know, um, mate, I'm bricking it. I'm bricking it. I, I just, that, I just, it's that I Danny Dyer clip. It's a Danny Dyer clip. Just gonna be like, it, it, just just get on with this game. Just just get over and done with. Just get over and done with. Just six o'clock on Sunday. Just get over and done with. So I can watch heartbeat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> God, I tell you, I've got, no, I've got no idea what Tottenham will turn up. We're, we're missing our best players. So, <laughs> it's, it's man, to rally them yeah. together and get something out of nothing, then great. Let's do, let's yeah. do it. It is tricky. I mean, um, Chris, to come over to you, as things stand for City, obviously, you know, Matteo Kovacic, Matteo Nunes, and the aforementioned De Bruyne, as I mentioned, still in the treatment room. However, Jack Grealish has overcome injury and he could be potentially in the squad for this one. Chris, give me your thoughts on it. Look, I mean, it's a... Uh, Difficult game. Look, City doesn't come around at any good time for any football club, right? I mean, despite the fact Spurs have got a strong record there. We want to be upbeat. We want to be honest. We want to be frank about it. Strange things have happened in football, Chris. What do you think Spurs could potentially do out there, given what the players we have available to us? Trying to give a little bit of positive. I like no, it. I, mean, um... I, think, I, think, I think, again, it's, I think the key will be, Chris. I mean, look, like we all seem to think here, Ange is, and Rick's been adamant in Saturday's all show, he doesn't think Ange yeah, will change his style, which does worry me because, I mean, City are there as a side that could quite easily put five or six past you if we're going to play this brand of football. And I mean, look, the key will be for Tottenham. The first goal is so crucial, I think, in a game like this. If Spurs get yeah. it, how do they then approach the rest of the game? I mean, look at Ant's face. I can kind of see where he's thinking this is going to go. I mean, it's a, it's a really, really tricky one, Chris. How do you see it playing out? It's scary. I'm really scared of this game. I'm scared of Man City. I, I, I do agree. They're not the same like they were last season so far, but that but it you know, they completely turn around later on in like in the in the season to be, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're the ones that help them to build that momentum, of course. To be honest, I just wanna see us go out there and do our best. I want us to not even if we say, for example, even if that's a huge if. If we were to score the first goal, I do not want us to sit back. I just want us to go out there and do whatever the hell we can do. And even if it is a loss, it is a loss. But I'll tell you what, City scare me. I'm petrified for this game, guys. I I can't tell you. I don't know if I can even watch it. I might, I, might do, I might do what Rocky 2 does. You remember in Rocky 2 when he goes to the, the, the vicar? You're, you're a vicar! You know what I mean? And he, like, the vicar like, gives him a... 
Yo, come here, we're here, Rocky. Yo, what's up? Could have got me on, you know? Um, I might, I might do that. I might find a priest somewhere, you know, and bless our, bless our team. Let's I do want to actually just... say, even so, I think whoever the fans are going out there, we need to back the team as Absolutely. much as possible. 100%. 100%. No matter what the score is, mm. back that team and back Ange. Like, yep. just show the support. Do not lose that because we've built this huge support. Just don't lose momentum of this whole atmosphere because I feel like we've really built this up nice. And Ange's gone. Ange's gone. Ange's gone. 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 It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a laugh of fright, isn't it? It's, a, it's one of those where, again, it, we know it's going to be tricky. Nervous. I mean, uh, I don't, I mean, Rick Kuliseski says we should go to his confidence. <laughs> you can't go, he's bursting. Go to him for, go to Costa quickly. Let him get it out. Rick, let what, him get, get it what, out. Get, what, get his prediction out. <laughs> Whatever it is, he is ready to, go on. It's Christina. Guys, you know, if we're losing 6-0, let's get behind the team. Get you behind know, the team, come on. <laughs> I, I think reality is that I mean I don't I don't know Rick. To be honest, with you, I don't know the best way to approach this game realistically. I don't know if you can go there with, you know, a couple of non-fullbacks you know, on the left and right hand side. You got you know makeshift centre backs in the middle. I, you know, what, I, you know what, I truly feel for Ange. I don't know what he's gonna. I don't know what the guy's gonna do. You know, I think you know Lascelles has proven himself that he has to start, given the fact that he's got a great goal and our lack of options in midfield. And I think this is the hard thing that realistically. The guy's hands are massively tired. I mean, I don't know really if you can even really judge the result, given the fact that it's 10 players out. I mean, how do you realistically try and judge a team when they've got the majority of the starting 11 out there? It just Do you throw the youth in, Rick? What do you do? And knowing your heart, all of the circumstances, and they're not excuses, there are circumstances that have happened that have led us to this position right now. You know, um, I think that he will have the youth on the bench. Um, but I think the one thing, if you look at this game, like I said before, there, there's been so many times that we've gone to Man City and the, the form hasn't been in our favour in the sense that we haven't been in form and we're all pretty much thinking that they're going to do us and they're going to do us 3-4-5-0. And somehow, some shape, some form, we've come out with results, right? So that that's that's just... The, the, the kind of the history energy around Tottenham and Man City right now. Back line that we've got with four fullbacks in the back line, we can't sit back because we know what's going to happen there, right? If you put Dyer into that and make it a back three, I don't think that's going to work either. So you know what Big Ange is going to do. He's going to go for it and you just never know. Do you know what I mean? Like Basum is going to be in the DM. You're going to have Lacelso there playing his second game. And then you're going to have the pace of Brennan Johnson on the right. You've got Sonny there. And then maybe Brian Hill on the left, who knows? But those boys are going to go out there and they're going to fight for everything. They're going to fight for every minute and they're going to go for it. Now, what the result may be, it might be, but this is what we've got to do. Like like kind of (laughs) we've been saying is kind of not get on their back so much in the sense of we know the situation. We know the circumstances around this. And those fans that always do, regardless of form, shout and sing and praise the boys... I think they will continue to do that. And I think that they will have all of these things in their head as well and take it all into account and go there and we'll we'll give it a go. We'll go for them. We're not going to sit back. We're going to go for them. 
And I don't mind that. I prefer that than to sit back and wait for them to pepper us and wait yeah. for Haaland well, to score a big ass, you know, a hat trick against us or something. I prefer to go for it, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the key is only you guys. I mean, the key thing for me is to to try and stay in the game for as long as you possibly can. Can I be honest? I don't know how you do that. I mean, I'm being honest. I, I generally don't know how you do that given the injuries that we have. But I, I think the key thing as well is, and again, I'm not trying to be negative here, that we had such a great start in terms of the goal difference that, you know, suddenly after a few games, that starts to drop away. And because of the nature of the league now, we have to be honest and say there's, you know, considerably when you look at it, the fact that that league is starting now to become very, very clear in terms of the transparency where teams are falling into place. And I hate to say a couple of defeats for Spurs, it really knocks you down the league now. And it really takes away the really good feel-good factor that we had. And I think the key thing we have to remember, and Rick, you've said this throughout, is that we are in some form of a transitional period where we have not got 10 players available to us. I'm sorry I keep saying that, but it is absolutely unprecedented to have this amount of players out and not take that into account when you're trying to sit here and preview a game against Champions Manchester City. So you have to take that into account. You'd be stupid to not take that into account. It's 11 versus 11, if we can keep 11 on the pitch. So we have to just see how we approach the game. I think for me, I think City will win it three goals to one. I think Spurs will try their best to keep it respectable, but I think it's going to be easy. So we'll do the rounds. We'll start with... We're going to be Ant first. We can go for Ant. I don't know, I, 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 can't, I can't hate betting against us. I hate it, but... You can do it, Ant. We've got 10 players out. It's Man City. It's the Champions. There's nothing wrong to say we won't lose the game. If we lose 3-2, it's all right. It's one of them. Or you can predict who's going to be injured next. <laughs> that might be oh, easier. Oh, my God, darling. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Oh no, no, Anthony, you be quiet. Don't mention a I'm not saying name. Word, don't bro. say a thing. Don't, I'm not don't saying say a word. nothing. <laughs> Anthony, don't say nothing. Don't say a thing. Don't say nothing. I'm telling you. I'm not playing. <laughs> it, I mean, it would be it would be ironic that after all this and someone does call it, it'd be a nil-nil, wouldn't it? Yeah. After all what we've yeah. on here. Could you imagine it? We've all been moaning about the fact, oh, we want to play attacking football and suddenly we get a, we get a nil-nil Conte performance or a nil-nil Mourinho draw. We'd all love a, a nil-nil up at, at, at the Etihad and we would all take it, the irony of it. Chris, what you got, what are you going for, Chris? Yeah, I was actually going to say 3-1 City. Mm. It's going to be tough. we got to be realistic. It's going to be a tough game. I mean, look, it'd be Sorry, great Rick. to go there and yeah. get a win. No, listen, it, it would be great to go there and get a win. We, listen, we all also want to be realistic. You know, the fact that I keep on mentioning, it'd be very hard to go to sit in at the best of times. But where we are right now, I think for me, the most important thing is that we put a performance in. What we don't want to see, before I come to Rick's to close it, is we don't want to see a capitulation, right? I think that is really, really important. Yeah. I think we want to see that. What we've seen, you know, a continual thing from Tottenham under Ange is that the Wolves game, we learned our lesson. We played really, really well against Aston Villa. And we were unlucky that, again, to not have those players available, then, you know, ultimately Spurs would have got a result. But I don't think there's any shame in going to City and putting in a really brave performance, but losing it by a couple of goals to one. I don't think it's being negative. I just think that's where we are right now in terms of the squad that we've got, the availability of players. But Ricky Norwood in the last seven years has never come onto last word on Spurs and everybody's going to top the win. So well, I might expect anything different. Rick, what are you going to go for? <laughs> Tottenham are going to win it 4-0, aren't they? We all know this. Like, we all know this. I'm only playing. I'm only playing. All right. Can you see any way, Rick, a positive result goes up there if City was again man sent off? Can you see anything that could change this game into our favour? I've got a little bit of hope. It's because of how Ange has changed everything to do with this side and with these players. Yep. So that's why I'm going for a Desmond 
2-2. I think it'll be a draw and I think we'll come away with a point and I'll, uh, and and you know it's going to be and if they if they do come away with a point you know that they've worked hard and they've battled hard Absolutely. and they've fought into the very last second to get that yep. and to earn it. So that's what I'm going to go with a 2-2. Okay, there you go. Like I say, across the panel there, we've got our predictions for that. Just to close it on this point, what I do want to say, uh, January transfer window is obviously looming around the corner now. So just bringing up to date where we stand with Tottenham, we understand Spurs want to sign a centre-back and central midfielder in January, although they are open also to signing a forward. But the attack is not the priority we're being told at the moment. Lloyd Kelly's injury problems are expected to put Spurs off the potential of buying the player. Kelly's been a target for Spurs, but his injury problems have been a concern. Although insiders believe it will make a lot of sense for Tottenham to make that January move for former Celtic winger, Yotta on loan for the rest of the season. Spurs have shown interest in Nice centre-back Jean-Claire Todibo, one to keep an eye on, along with Radu Dragazan of Genoa. Spurs also looking at Mark Gahey and Gerard Brace, other alternatives at centre-back. And there are moves being initiated, we understand, for Bilal El Kunas of KRC Genk, Belgian player who is a latest discovery of being a real star for the future. In terms of outgoings, we understand Eric Dyer could leave Tottenham in the upcoming January transfer window after being dropped for the Aston Villa defeat. Spurs, of course, as we've mentioned, they're making a centre-back their top priority of the window. And as things stand at the moment, which probably makes sense on the back of the Benton core injury, Spurs are not open setting Pierre-Emile Hoybier leave on loan in January. Again, look, we're still a month or so away. Things can change. But look, let's close it on this, actually, if I can. And January window very quickly. How important is it, Spurs? Act and act fast. When I tell you, and you don't mean reminding yeah. you, telling you this. When you look at the windows previously for Tottenham in January, Pedro Porro, last day of the transfer window of January. A January before that, Benson Korkunasevsky, last day of the January window before that. How important and business gets done it's early so January. Important. It's so important. And I, I think I've read um, Ange and the, uh, the sporting director guy have already been planning. So, Go ahead, Ange. Yep. Um, so, yeah, get them in ASAP. ASAP, because the games are going to come thick and fast. Absolutely. I do agree. Chris, how important is it that Spurs do act fast in this January window? All you have these targets lined up to bring in because, you know, I've said this and preached for a long time. You guys know how important the cup competitions are to me. You've all been on here for cup games. Rick, bless him, he's still getting therapy for him. But the joke aside is that, you know, Spurs have got the first round of the FA Cup early Jan. The next round after that is the end of Jan. How important is it for you, Chris, that Spurs act decisively in the market and move early? Quickly, ASAP. Same as Ant has just said, um, especially like you just said as well with the FA Cup. To me, that's my priority. I think we really need to make the FA Cup our priority this season. You know, I've been top four. There is a chance there. Obviously, we're not going to win the league. But, you know, let's... I really what? want to... We're not going to win it. No, leave might, you know. No, leave but... might, yeah, you're right. Leave it back and might. <laughs> but honestly, I really think FA Cup is a really big chance for us. And... You know, we haven't got, you know, European games at the moment. There's not really excuses in that sense. Obviously, it is the injury. But if we've got January coming up where we can get something, you know, then let's just do it. If we yep. want to be a serious team, then cool. show it. Let's do it. Yep. And not even that. The fact that there's already discussion with people that there are looking into, again, it just shows, it gives me more faith in Ange because 
it, it's just that they're already looking, you know, they're really yeah. seeing what else, what, what yeah. is out there that we can build on this team. He's already seeing that. He's already identifying players. So to me, again, yeah. it, it's just, it's, it's good. It's good to hear that, but it's if it's going to get paid and done and we want it done quickly. I don't want any of this last minute thing anymore because it, it's just, I can't, it, I, I can't, I can't bear it. It's not good for our health guys. Like it's really not good. And you know, once it's done early, then, you know, yeah. it's just something that we can look forward to. Like, exactly. uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I can't stand the, the late um, the light, late signings anymore. It, it's just not for me anymore. Well, not when we've got, like, say, 10 out at the moment. Ricks, let's close it with you, my man. Ricks, again, we emphasise important on these shows. You know, you look at the windows that come along. Again, we've said about the fact Ange is in the middle of a project now. It's a process. It's going to take its time. If ever this man deserves backing for the start he had, Ricks, God, Surely deserves it for that start he gave us to the season, right? The unbelievable wins that we saw, the performances that we saw as well. This is now a time to really show you all behind him and give him the players that he needs to make this work, Rick, surely? You've got to back Ange Postacoglu. You have to. You, you've already seen what he brings to Tottenham Hotspur. You've already seen what he, how he improves players, the ones that are there and the ones that he's brought in. You've already seen his style of play and you already know that if he's got the tools to play with, then what a side this Tottenham side could be. Um, so you, you've absolutely got, if you're going to back anybody, if you're going to invest in anybody, you invest in and you invest right now, you do it, you do do it for the, for the January uh, transfer window. It's going to be tough because before when we was in a bit of a position of strength where we had our, our first 11 there and, you know, whoever we was going to buy in January would have added to what we already have. We're in a desperate place right now where we're, we're all fretting over any other new injury to happen within that squad we're fretting right now so we're, we're going to be in a desperate state when, when we do get to january and other clubs will know that and especially when you're dealing with a premiership club that are looking to achieve something that are on the up but need players in so it's going to take very clever um uh, transfers whether that be loans or freeze or whatever the case may be for for a period of time but also those that we do in, end up investing in be prepared for the goalposts to be changed at the very last second. When we've yeah. agreed a £30 million deal, you know, just when we're about to sign it, they're going to say, well, we want 40 now. So be prepared for that. I mean, we know how Levy acts when, 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 he, comes, when he comes into conflict with somebody else who's a, another tough negotiator. Yep. So I, I can be patient for the right player. Um, I know negotiations have to happen and I know these things happen. Lastminute.com. So as long as he's a player that can improve the first team, and somebody that Ange Postacoglu wants, I am 100% behind it. I don't want to just get players for get players' sake. Yep, yep. You know, um, and just have a bit of understanding with, with the whole transfer window because everybody, me included, would want everything done on that first day, but we all know it's not going to happen on the first day. So yep. let's breathe, let's go with it. And as long as they're in early enough that we can kind of bed them in, I think it'll be a, a, a positive. Ricks. Thank you so much. We're keeping our fingers, toes, everything crossed for you, mate. Keep up the wonderful work oh, on the you. ice. Like I say, the countdown is on. Love from us all here, Ricks. Thank you so much as always, my man, top man. And we know, like I say, lots going on in your world right now. Panama and Mamma Mia. We will try and drop the links below to all these wonderful viewers and listeners that might want to come and check you out. Thank and you, fingers crossed, Spurs are still flying and bless you. And Chris, thank you so much. Look, I've got to, be to say, guys, look, it's difficult to be positive sometimes when you're on the back of three defeat city to come but i think look i think we all recognize here as we've all said we're part of a journey we're part of a process it's going to take time we've all got the right man but there's no harm as i said at the top of the show 
at times to not seek a little bit of compromising. There's nothing wrong with that. And you shouldn't feel bad to ask for that. And again, look, we all love the man. We all want him to be successful. We all love Spurs playing that swashbuckling style of football. Long may that continue. But remember, 10 players out. It's unprecedented. How can you plan for a situation like this? Only Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> Only Tottenham. Like I say, for all of us here, guys, for the wonderful Ricky J. Nord, for the superb Anthony Costa, for the brilliant Christina Zandes, we've been the last one on Spurs. We urge you to keep safe, keep well. Sports Social Podcast Network.